0: on this episode of Invested in Connecting Women. I always tell people that I've entered entered the financial industry like through the basement of the back door. I mean, you know, like I had a weird way of entering the industry. And even if you had asked me five years ago, would I... Definitely, I would not have said I'd be on this podcast. Today, I really want to focus on Emily's story and dig a little bit deeper
1: into that, right? She's a mother. She's an advisor. She's an advocate for female financial literacy. I'm your host, Olivia Hales, and this is Invested in Connecting Women. All right. Welcome back to the Invested in Connecting Women podcast. Today, we are honored to be joined again for the second time with Emily Lasseter from Somerset Advisory and then co-founder of The Wealth Edit. Um, So for those of you that listen to our Wealth Edit podcast, you got to know Lauren and Emily and a little bit about their story, um, especially Lauren's story about how she built her business. Uh, But today, I really want to focus on Emily's story and dig a little bit deeper into that, right? She's a mother. She's an advisor. She's an advocate for female financial literacy. Uh, She's got a lot going on. And so I want to dig a little bit into that. So Emily, for those that didn't join us for the last episode, um, give us a little bit of, of, of an intro of who you are with us.
0: Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back today. And so yeah, I have an interesting, I always tell people that I've entered, I entered the financial industry like through the basement of the back door. I mean, you know, like I had a weird way of entering the industry. And even if you had asked me five years ago, would I definitely, I would not have said I would be on this podcast talking about financial literacy, but I would have not even thought I'd have been a financial advisor. So it's been an interesting journey, but I, um, so I went to Auburn University, had a business major there. Decided to go to law school. Went to the University of Alabama and graduated. My husband was still in law school in um, Tuscaloosa, so I took a job in Birmingham. So that's how we ended up in Birmingham. Um, grew up in Montgomery, so it wasn't a hard choice. But anyway, so we're here. I was here and in practice law for 15 years, um, and then almost eight years ago, that's so hard to believe, but lost my husband in a plane crash. So he was an attorney as well, but loved to fly, just had a hobby and ran into some bad weather and crashed in Texas. And so, you know, obviously, an event like that is a one of those things that's, you know, everything that we had planned for and thought that would be our future, you know, just stopped. And so thankfully, I was able to stay at home with my girls for a few years. They were seven and nine at the time. And so I stayed at home with them for almost three years. Um, I did some nonprofit work and things like that to keep me busy. But I, it was at the end of that three-year period that I thought, okay, I'm, I want to go back to work. I love to work. Um, and I needed to make an income and have health insurance and all the things that make the world go round. So I knew that I did not want to practice law full time as I had been, like in a traditional sense. I wanted to use my law degree, but I wanted to do something that was a little bit um brought more meaning to my life. You know, I I practiced law, but thankfully with a husband who was an attorney as well, I was able to I kind of went back and forth. I did some part time, I did some full time, but I had a lot of flexibility there. But going back to work full time, I knew as an attorney in the traditional sense would not be a great fit for yeah. my new single mom status. <laughs> so that's, that's where the journey began and how I ended up to where I am today. And, you know, I appreciate you being willing to
1: even share your story with us today because, you know, you say eight years, that's really not that long of a time. So I know um, with your energy and and where your passions have driven you today that, you know, it wasn't always an easy journey. So I'm excited for you to share it. Um, and, And because this podcast was created for women in all walks of life. And so I think it's important that we talk to women in different walks of life. And something that I harp on, that my firm Janice Henderson harps on, and that I have conversations with almost on a daily basis of why I'm so passionate about women educating themselves in this business um, is for moments like the unexpected, the crisis that comes into your life that we don't expect. you know, And you experience that at the age of 42 years old, which is, I would say, a very prime time in a lot of people's lives. You're at a practicing attorney, you've got two young girls, So, you know, with that... These three years, right, just for those that maybe have experienced the same thing or, um, you know, I guess, tell me a little bit more about what those three years were and what got you through them. Because I know from some women that I've talked to, it's their support system Um, before you're you can't just become a financial advisor three years later. Right. There's a lot of stuff that happened emotionally, probably physically, mentally in that three years um, that
0: I think we can all learn. Yeah. So, you know. It's interesting when I look back, eight years does seem like a long time and it does feel like a lifetime ago. Um, but it also feels like yesterday. And, you know, it's one of those weird experiences where, you know, I feel like, wow, I've come a long way <laughs> in those eight years. But then also I I think like Where am I sometimes? You know, like what's happened to my life that I, and so there's a constant balance of that, you know, just pushing forward, but still remembering like where I came from. And those first three years, I can also look back and say it was some of the the hardest time of my life, but definitely some of the sweetest as well. And I do think that one of the things that really helped me, actually, I can. Think of several things, but probably the top two things that helped me was one my community. I, I was surrounded by people who wanted to help. So, anybody that is going through something like this, I, I, my word of advice is to allow people to help you because, in doing so, they become invested in your life. And I just needed the help until I allowed people to do it. And now, you know, it just created this really, really strong support system of obviously my family, but friends. And and sometimes I have this like running list. This is such a weird thing to say. But I have this running list of people that have like shown up and helped that I have been surprised by. Not because I didn't think they were nice people, but like there's just some people that maybe I wasn't that close to or had a very like fringe involvement in mine and Joe's life that I think to myself... I can't wait to tell him that this person helped me with this once a month for like four years because nobody, I mean, we would have never seen it coming, you know? And so it's a sweet thing because you get to see sides of people that you wouldn't get to see otherwise. Um, But one of the things that happened because of that was I allowed people into my life to be a part of our healing and to help. But in turn, they started bringing other people into my life. So other people who had been through similar circumstances and I was connected with them. And that was just a huge point of support and encouragement. And, you know, you see somebody that's been through something like you've been through. And all you need to do is see that they're like up and dressed and like having lunch with their friends. Like, okay, maybe life can return to normal. And so then they probably, you know, maybe right around that three-year mark, it flipped for me. All of a sudden, I was being asked to go talk to a new widow or somebody who had recently been divorced who was trying to start over. And so, honestly, it is that right there that led me to become a financial advisor. Because I started talking to these women and having a legal background, I would go through, you know, maybe the divorce decree or things and help them walk through, like, how do I think through this? How am I going to make sure that I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do. And then, you know, are the terms favorable or with a widow, you know, it, unraveling somebody's life and become going from a dual income to a single income. And all that is a lot. Especially
1: it, if you haven't prepared for it or you don't know what's yes, on the other
0: side of that. Absolutely not. And I mean, even it just, it oftentimes like when we meet with widows now, we have them on like oftentimes they'll come every two weeks and then we'll move to a month. But a lot of it's just, keeping people on track. It's just so many steps. You know, it's just it's a lot to keep up with. And so I was just talking to women through that and my dad is a financial advisor and he had walked me through things so well and had explained it along the way even at that point before I was an advisor, I could help other people. Mm-hmm. And so that was where this all started and it was just from those conversations that I found, wow, there's a huge knowledge gap for most people. And not only do they not really understand the basics and fundamentals of of investing and finance and things like that, but they were having a very hard time taking what they had and like translating that into practically speaking, what does that mean? Do I have to sell my house? Do I have to go back to work? Can I afford to You know, keep my kids at private school, like, you know, things like that. And so I began seeing there was this fear to do anything because they didn't understand their finances. Mm -hmm. And there was a fear about going back to work because they felt like they would never be able to make what they needed to make. Or, you know, there was just a lot of limiting beliefs, but it was all like around this one thing. And so I started just like digging in there because I thought these women, if they could just see like from a financial standpoint, like here are your goals. These are the things, because as women, we're going to rise to the occasion, especially if our kids are involved and we're like,
1: yeah,
0: if we are going to provide for them, we're going to provide for them, you know, we'll find a way. And so I started digging into that. And that's when I began asking them like, what does your financial advisor do? You know, do you have one? And then if you do... Why are they not helping you think through these things? And that's when I realized for the first time that not all financial advisors are the same. Right. You know, there are so many different types. They all serve a different purpose. I mean, there's a lot of different people out there that need a lot of different things. And what I found was there wasn't somebody that I could find immediately. Now, I started digging around and I found a lot now. But at first, I was trying to, like, I thought who who's serving women like they need to be served, especially women that have gone through a death or a divorce or are trying to like, you know, reinvent themselves for lack of a better sure. term. Like, how do I, you know, I really want to go back to work. My I'm an empty nester. Like, how do I think through that? And so um, I began talking to advisors and trying to find somebody to refer all these women to that I was talking to. And I'm not kidding when I say, I bet you I could have had at least a lunch or a coffee or a dinner with somebody four times a week. Mm-hmm. That's how many women want to connect yeah. with other women that are going through similar things. Yeah. So it was really neat to watch that develop. Um, but when I started talking to these advisors and telling them what I wanted, it, they began offering me jobs. Yeah. Which was funny because I thought, what in the world? No. No, thank you. And then I started really listening to them. Really on the third time, I was like, okay, this must be a real thing. Yeah. They really must need women advisors. There's a
1: spark here. There's yeah, something. I mean, here. I just was
0: like, wow, if three people have offered me jobs pretty much like on the spot, why? Yeah. You know, and it made me realize that it's because The industry needs more women as advisors. And each of these groups, even though they were all very, very different in the way they served, they want more women in the industry and they wanted to serve widows and women well and were humble enough to say, We need help. Yeah. You know, and so that was, I felt like that was really encouraging.
1: So I'm going to unpack a lot of this. Back to what you said, who helped you the most to get through this time in your life. Um, And right, I've heard you say before in the past that like big life events are really the things that give you perspective in life and oftentimes a very new perspective in life. So just listening to you now, I'm like, it's that community. Yes, you had really good friends and family to support you, to be there for you and the girls. Um, but then what helped you really get yourself or a new self, whatever, you know, that was a new life, um, get that back was people who had experienced the same thing that you had been through or something similar, Mm -hmm. something that you could almost instantly relate or have some kind of level of connection and trust with. Um, at least from what it sounds like, right? It's, it's those people that you just almost have that instantaneous trust with. Um, so do you think that, you know, how do, how do you put that into, now that you are a financial advisor, right, like in the community, um, are there people that you can bring into that um, as advocates or are there other financial advisors? I guess kind of what I'm trying to say is it's those people that you can relate with the most, right, that really helped you get through a time like that. And we do need more advisors in in our business that, that can help with that. So what how does that... I don't know if that makes any sense to you or not, but it's just, that's, I'm putting these pieces together as you're talking of like, okay, if I'm really an advisor and I'm trying to really figure out how to help women in transition,
0: what do I need to cue into? Right. That's a great question, actually. You know, so on our last interview, we talked about the wealth edit and the wealth edit has, is my attempt to provide for that with women. Um, and Lauren and I, it's interesting, we we come from a very similar heart for serving women, but we have different backgrounds. Yeah. And, um, but what we found was even women who were entrepreneurs and who've not had a significant life event, but they're trying to build a business, they also yeah. want community. And it's like the overarching theme with women is that we do better when we're in a strong community supporting one another. Yeah. And, um, that's what I found was you, but you have to lean into it. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it's, it's harder than you may think to build community. And so when I was interviewing with all these people, of course, I met Lauren Pearson through that because everybody just kept saying, you need to talk to Lauren. She's got a similar passion for serving women. And so, I had a hard time. One of the things that I had a hard time was I felt like maybe I should do something that's like a nonprofit or ministry where I was serving women. And then because what I was doing was I was talking to a lot of women who didn't have the money to hire an advisor. And I didn't really like pigeonholing myself because I thought, I just want to be able to help all these women, regardless of their socioeconomic background, because oftentimes the ones that don't have anything are the ones that need it the most. And just that education. And like, how do I balance that? And when Lauren and I started talking, I didn't, like the wealth that it wasn't even discussed, but then finally when she offered me the job, she said, and the one thing that I want to tell you is about the wealth that this is my idea And I'd love for you to join me and do this together. And I mean, that was the clicking moment because I was like, that's, that is our pathway to building community across the board. We can offer it to our clients Mm -hmm. who can then join in and learn together and, and learn from other women. And we can also offer it at an affordable price. So women, all women can join. Yeah. Like
1: taking the cycle of life, if you will, almost, right? And then turning it into a community that solves a need. Yeah. A a true need. Because, you know, as we said earlier, right? Most women, if they're not in the business, uh, it's too intimidating for them. There's a misconception that, well, I don't have enough money for a financial advisor. But a lot of it's to what you were talking about earlier of just life advice. Like, well, can I leave my job and start a business? Can I? Um, you know, afford private school for the kids? Can we do this? It's so many different life decisions, which is why I love how you run your practice as a very holistic thing. So it, so yeah, you're right. The wealth that it is, in fact, that community that you've now created for people, like they experience something that you were going through, which is so incredible. So I love seeing that grow because
0: yeah, you've, you've brought the solution to other people. Now. Well, and I'll say, I mean, you know, the wealth that it brings me as much... I mean, it is, I'm constantly learning all the time. And so hearing other women's stories, really, it takes away that intimidation factor. And it also just opens your minds to the possibilities. You know, when you hear that, oh, she did that. Like, I think I could probably do that. I have, you know, a similar background or whatever it is. It just Mm -hmm. takes that spark. But I will say community is what you you, um, allow it to be. And I, I see that as a common problem. Sometimes women are, it, whether it be intimidation or embarrassment, money's hard to talk about. I mean, it's very, um, I think a lot of women feel like, I, I would just die if somebody really knew how bad my finances are or, yeah. or that I have debt. You know what I mean? Like we had somebody the other day say, I'm so embarrassed. I have debt. And we were like, so sort do... Of, almost all of America. Like, right. you know, like it's okay. It's right. a problem that can be solved for. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of resources out there that are dedicated to just this for a reason, you know, but it's getting over its shame or embarrassment or intimidation or just limiting beliefs. But what we have found is that, and, and this is true in my personal life with talking to other women and the Wealth it and Somerset, at our advisory group, it is allowing yourself to be vulnerable to join the community you have to do that Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's the hardest part i haven't solved for that yet yeah but you know i think just as more and more women come on and share their story and are vulnerable i hope it's just like a magnet to other women to be able to come on and do the same thing
1: and it's i mean it's money is the easiest thing to be out of sight out of mind and one of those things where it's not a tangible right in front of you, per se, right? Obviously, it can lead to lots of tangible things. But in terms of the way we think about it and perceive it, um, I don't think that enough people really come to terms like, what is my connection with money? And can I face that in the mirror and then do what I need to do, positive or negative, to really embrace that and make it a, a big part of my life? Because it can just open so many doors or close a lot of doors in a lot of ways. So looking back to, let's say, 42-year-old self and your relationship and dynamic with your late husband, was there anything that you would look back at your life and say, I should have been more involved, I should have known this? Or with a financial advisor as a father and an attorney, you know, two attorneys together, um, this just, just, you know, crisis is, tragedy is unexpected right? That's what makes it so hard is that life just has to change. You don't, you may not want it to. So looking back at that, you know, maybe prior to, is there, is there anything that you would have maybe gone out on a limb to educate yourself on more or?
0: Oh my goodness. Absolutely. But one thing that I obviously, I was blown away by the lack of knowledge that I had being like aware of like what you spend and paying the bills is one thing. And we all need to do that. And it's shocking. The number of people that don't really even know how much they spend that happens all the time, mm-hmm. myself included. There's sometimes we just get so busy and I like look back over the month and I'm like, what did we even spend? I mean, much less have no time to like itemize it and um, figure it out. I'm like just got know. married, bought a new house. Yeah, I'm, d- yeah, I'm going yeah. through that right You're now. You're like, wait, what just happened? And I, you know, and I'm a financial advisor and this is what I talk about all the time. I don't know. Um, but I think that being, the head of the household and like responsible for all of your financial decisions and like what the future holds on your own is a lot to bear. And one thing that I have found has made me much, much more empathetic to the males in our lives that bear that burden alone. Mm -hmm. And so if I could say, anything to women it is to if you are married to join in that with your spouse to help them because it is incredibly um overwhelming Mm -hmm. and to you want to have somebody by your side that also is understanding what's going on is a sounding board Can help. I mean, like, I think back, I was definitely the more detailed one in our relationship. Why was I not doing it? I also had a background with a parent who was really good at this. And I should have been saying, you know what, let me take the lead on this. But I wasn't the one that was doing that. I was like, oh, he's the male and this is what he's supposed to do. And uh, he's got it all figured out. And I was the better person to do the job. And I wish I had said that, but I didn't know that it was okay to say that. And I bet if I had said that, he'd have been like, oh, thank you. Please take it all, like take it all. And, you know, then I think for spending, I would have definitely had a different mindset there if I was handling it all, because I was the one that was doing most of the spending. And so I think that's where we sometimes whiff as women is that we think it's going to be being like taken as being critical. Whereas really, I think they would be so relieved that, and then as a single woman and talking to other single women, it's just acknowledging that it's hard and that we're going to make mistakes, but it's like, it's just as slow and steady work towards, okay, I have at least done this one good thing this week and yeah, And now next week, I'm going to do one more good thing. Yeah. You know, it's not an overnight thing. But also, obviously, it helps in that tragedy, in that moment of tragedy where you're, if you are already aware of what you have and why you have it and where it is and what happens in a time like that, it takes away a ton of anxiety. Yeah. And I think it, I mean, it also takes away a ton of anxiety in a married life because if you can realistically look at your situation and know yeah. what it is. You know, you think about, I know that I have a lot of friends that are worried about money when they probably don't even need to be.
1: Or... Sorry, Mom, if you're listening, <laughs> but that's the story of her. Yes. Yeah, like, that's not, there's <laughs> the lot, yeah. there's a The anxiety that comes in for no reason when there's, yeah.
0: And, a, and single women, too, I mean, they just don't have somebody that's looked at them and like, you're going to be okay. Like, yeah. as long as you spend, you don't spend over this, like, you really... Or like 95% going to be okay, you know, and just allowing just to rest in that. So, but I do say that all the time. I'm like, let's be kind to our, our, our male counterparts in life and say, or partners in life just say like, I'm going to, I want to help you. Yeah. Like I'm not being critical, but like, I want to help because I can.
1: Yeah, and that educational component does not have to be an intimidating one, right? There's there's oh, no. I, I, Going through the CFP curriculum and stuff, I want to tell so many different people, I'm like, there are amazing professionals in this business, but there are still things that we have to look up every day, an encyclopedia of an encyclopedia, because the society does not make this life easy, right? In terms of tax planning, estate planning, max accumulation, best ways to save, money to move around in certain aspects, right? Proper savings techniques and where to keep it. And now you've got everything with Robin Hood and everything in your face about what to do and how to invest. It's overwhelming. It can be a lot for anybody, male or female, right? But, um, you know, I, I don't know why we haven't quite gotten there yet in terms of our interest being peaked enough to say, okay, let me come in and, and help you and champion, or let me take the reins, or let me be the one that
0: that is providing the education. It gives me so much hope when I'm working with women who are going through some pretty significant life changes that don't feel like they can do it. And they can.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, there's, I mean, it's so neat to watch these women that will come in that are broken and feel powerless to do anything. And and then to watch just like, Making those sacrifices and those choices, yes, it's getting them on the right path financially. But what it does to their personality, it is like they are like blooming. Mm-hmm. It, a it's a freedom. Is a freedom. Is there's confidence that's coming out. They're they're like different people, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not just about the money, you know. And you just realize, like, as women. We, we wealth is so much more than just accumulating assets. It's learning our own self-worth. It's putting ourselves out there in uncomfortable situations and being like shocked that we did, we did it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that sometimes I'm like, I'd have never th- I would have never thought yeah. I would be doing what I'm doing today. And as crazy as it sounds and as from like how, where it came from because it was something that was so horrible, mm-hmm. Now I look back and I can look back on these last eight years and say, I'm truly thankful for who I've become. And like I wonder often, what would I look like now if my husband hadn't died? Now, I say that very carefully because obviously I would take it back in a second and I would gladly love to see who I would be otherwise. But there are some really great things that have come out of it for me personally. And I love that because there is beauty from the ashes, you know, there is. And so anyway, I I love working with women and I enjoy working with my kids and talking to them about these things because it's like, I have at least that foresight to see this about so much more than money. Yeah. Well, and you've taken, you know, hopefully what will be the most difficult
1: time of your life and you've embraced the, you know, gotten through the grief, the pain, and then embraced the change. And now not only are you doing well for yourself, for your girls, but you've created a community for women who probably would have never found that motivation to educate themselves, right? And that community is expanding every day. And it's just by being genuine and by making it not intimidating and just say, look, we're a community, let's share our stories, it's the whole reason, you know, I love this. This podcast has opened up so many stories of right women telling me their stories. And it's just incredible what we've all been through. It's all different, but there's so many lessons that are, that can be taken away from all these different experiences that are similar in nature. And so I just love what you're doing with the wealth edit and just your reach of, um, you know, here's my story and here's what I learned from it. And uh, that's it it's so hard to be emotionally vulnerable and then translate that into the just champion it the way you have you know to to make your life what it is so cuz you're helping not just yourself a lot a lot of women and i hope that expands i'm going to do whatever i can to make that continue to expand right of just creating these communities and helping women at large because knowledge is power. I believe that in so many different aspects of life. And um, your story is definitely one that is a good, good motivator that for maybe
0: people that haven't been able to find that light of what's next. Well, thank you for letting me share. It's funny, every time I share, it's like I am a little bit like reinvigorated for like what I'm doing. You know, you're like, oh, this is, yeah, that's exactly why, you know, it causes me to stop and look back And it's encouraging to see how far I've come, but then also to think back on all the other women and like how far they've come. So thank you for letting me share.
2: The opinions and views expressed are as of the date published and are subject to change. They are for information purposes only, and should not be used or construed as an offer to sell, a solicitation of an offer to buy, or a recommendation to buy, sell or hold, any security, investment strategy, or market sector. No forecasts can be guaranteed. Opinions and examples are meant as an illustration of broader themes, are not an indication of trading intent, and may not reflect the views of others in the organization. It is not intended to indicate or imply that any illustration or example mentioned is now or was ever held in any portfolio. Janus Henderson Group PLC, through its subsidiaries, may manage investment products with a financial interest in securities mentioned herein, and any comments should not be construed as a reflection on the past or future profitability. There is no guarantee that the information supplied is accurate, complete, or timely, nor are there any warranties with regards to the results obtained from its use. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal, and fluctuation of value. Janus Henderson, Knowledge Labs, and Knowledge Shared, are trademarks of Janus Henderson Group PLC or one of its subsidiaries. Copyright Janus Henderson Group PLC. Knowledge Labs programs are for information purposes only. There is no guarantee that the information supplied is accurate, complete or timely, nor is there any warranty with regards to the results obtained from its use. This material may not be reproduced in whole or in part in any form, or referred to in any other publication, without express written permission. C0122 41785 123023